your kid won't eat something new and they hate it even being on their plate. What do you do? This is a question that came in from a mom who is so frustrated and feels stuck not being able to even put something on her son's plate. I'm going to talk you through it. I'm Casey Barnes, registered dietitian nutritionist, and this is Feeding Toddlers Made Easy. Picky eating happens when you have a toddler, no matter what you do. It happens to most of us, so I'm here to help you survive through it. If you have a picky eater, hit the follow button on the podcast and click the link in the show notes to get my free picky eater starter guide now. Here's the question that came in. She said, what do you do? When a child refuses to eat because something they detest, in my case, strawberries or cucumbers, is on their plate. I offered cucumbers at dinner with Safe Foods yesterday, and my son wouldn't even sit down until someone else ate the cucumbers. Putting them in a no-thank-you bowl didn't work because he refused to touch them. You might cover this in Picky Wins, but a podcast would be a helpful, quick overview. There might be some things in here that you're like, what's that? So she mentioned safe foods, which is just basically a food that they regularly eat and enjoy. I have an episode on this too. And then Picky Wins is my course. Simple Steps to Picky Wins is my picky eater course. It goes step by step through getting them to actually try new foods, to branch out from their favorites, and make mealtime much less stressful on you and them too. It's a win for everybody. Now, the first question that I'd want to ask this mom is, why do you want the food on their plate? Why is that important to you? And you might be like, duh, because I want them to eat it. But it's feeling like a power struggle right now. You want it on their plate because you want them to eat it. He doesn't yet feel comfortable eating cucumbers and feels quite strongly about not eating them. The only way he knows how to communicate this to you, how upset he feels, is by refusing to be near the cucumbers, throwing a fit about it. So I'd want to know, is there any pressure on him to taste or eat the cucumbers if they're on their plate? My guess by his reaction of refusing to sit down is that he thinks he has to eat it if it's on his plate. Even if you've never said to him, you have to eat what's on your plate, he might feel that pressure. So that's not on you. That's just how he's responding to the environment. That's okay, but we want to take away that stress so that he's not having that giant reaction. Let's think about what you ultimately want to achieve with the cucumber being there. You wish he would eat it. You wish he would eat these healthy foods like cucumber or strawberry or whatever it is, which makes sense. You also probably don't understand how someone could be so disgusted or offended by something like a cucumber. You're like, this doesn't even smell like anything. It's like, what could be wrong with a cucumber? How is this scary or disgusting? But you need to take away the idea that this is some sort of rational decision that your child can make. It's feelings. It's not decisions. And they're young. They're just not very mature in the way that they process this stuff yet. And that's perfectly appropriate for their age. It's also kind of like the same way that you can't rationalize away your own feelings even as an adult. Like, say you're sad. This is personal, <laughs> personal story here. 
you're sad because your babysitter canceled. Someone could say to me, well, you shouldn't be sad. You can get a babysitter another time. And it's like, yes, I can get one another time, but I'm still sad to miss dinner with my girlfriends. It's okay. So them being upset about it is something that we can't always prevent, but like, that's okay. They're allowed to feel sad about these things. And even if it seems like irrational to be sad, it's okay. So when we say, don't freak out about the cucumber, you've had it before when you were a baby and you liked it, that's not going to solve the problem of their feeling. So your ultimate goal is to get them to eat the cucumber and not hate it, right? You might feel like if the cucumber's on his plate, he's more likely to eat it. You'll feel good if he tries something new and chooses to eat a healthy food, but we're noticing That's not what happens with cucumber on the plate, and it's not going to magically happen without some other steps in between. So let's talk about some strategies here. First, I want to talk about the no thank you bowl that she mentioned in her question. What this essentially is, if you haven't heard of it, it's just a place for them to put unwanted food. The reason it often works, for babies even, not just toddlers, but it is less pressure for them to eat that item, less food throwing, more separation from the foods that they don't like, and more control. So it's just a place for them to put it if they don't want it. So you can say, here is what you do when you don't like this. Instead of throwing a fit at me, you can put it here. But this doesn't always work, especially if you're kids who don't want to touch the food. And what I typically recommend this most for is the kids who are throwing foods that they don't want. I usually recommend it in that scenario more often than in this scenario. So what I'd recommend instead is to kind of reverse the approach and use a tasting plate. So the tasting plate helps increase their comfort at the table with the foods that they don't like. It doesn't have to be an actual plate. It can be a napkin, a paper towel. It really doesn't matter. It's just that it's separate from the plate with the foods that they want. So you'd put, say, one tiny piece of a cucumber, like pea-sized, grain of rice size, on the tasting plate, tasting spoon, whatever you use. It just does not go on the plate with the safe foods. Now they can push the tasting plate away If it feels too close without having to touch the food itself the way that they would have to touch it if you're trying to get them to put it in a no thank you bowl. This sounds great, Casey, but I really think that they're still not going to eat it. I get it. I still see this as working even if they don't eat it. Eating and trying new foods is a skill. For some kids, it comes very naturally. Like some kids are just really naturally good at drawing or sports or they learn to read very easily. Everyone has certain strengths and certain areas that don't come as easily. For the kids who take longer to warm up to foods, they might also be slow to warm up to new people. They may have sensory sensitivities. They may have a more cautious personality. None of these things are bad. It just means they need more help with their journey to try new foods. That's okay. When you notice that continuing to serve the food is doing nothing to get them to try the food, that's a good sign that you need a more specific approach. 
this is one of the main things we do inside my Picky Eater course, Simple Steps to Picky Wins. I call them progressions, and it gives you the tools you need to help them along the way from not wanting to be near that food to being able to touch it, taste it, and then eat new foods comfortably. These progressions help reduce the fear around new foods and can help prevent them from having those meltdowns about something new on their plate. So eating isn't always the goal, and it's usually less often the goal as you work them through these progressions that are all steps along the way to eating. So it's not black and white, like they're eating it, you win. They're not eating it, you lose. It's not that way at all. Something else that we need to talk about too is what your response is when they fly into a panic about the cucumbers being on their plate. This is about regulating emotions when something happens that they don't like. This is something that probably a therapist would be able to discuss best, but I will say two things here. One, you get to choose how you respond, but not how they feel. But it is your job as their parent to help model and help co-regulate so that they can learn how to handle those feelings when they inevitably come up. Even when you work through simple steps to picky wins, they will still have emotional reactions and meltdowns sometimes. And it often happens at dinner time when they're already tired from the day. You can choose how you respond when they flip out about the cucumbers on the plate. And what you want to avoid is matching their energy and responding in a panic, frantically trying to get those cucumbers off their plate as fast as possible for them. If that's your habit, then they learn, this is an emergency. I must always throw a fit about something I don't like and mom will fix it right away. I need mom to fix this for me now. I used to do that, so I'm mostly making fun of myself at this moment. What else you don't want to do is to just dismiss their feelings completely, tell them it's not something to be upset about, because ultimately we want them to know that they can be upset and they can be okay. They can really not want to try cucumbers today, and they can learn to tolerate cucumbers in front of them until they have a way that feels safe to remove them. Maybe you show them with a spoon with your hand over theirs for something that happens to be on their plate that they don't want. We can gently show them how to do this. But I did make this mistake when Teddy, when he was a toddler, I'm such a people pleaser, still trying to recover on that. But if he didn't want something, I would stop whatever I was doing to get it away from him as quickly as possible because I didn't want him to be upset. I was afraid to like ruin the meal and ruin the whole thing. And That was a band-aid in the moment, for sure, but I wasn't helping him how to tolerate some discomfort or to think about solving the problem for himself. But this can be changed as Teddy gets older and I learn more about child development and all this stuff. I realized that I needed to take a step back and it's not helpful to him if I always prevent him from feeling that pain or discomfort place to start is by helping them learn how to deal with difficult challenges at home in this safe environment where they can make mistakes and you are there to guide them. So if you find that your response is to, you know, quickly solve the problem and help them right away, it's not bad that you're trying to reduce their discomfort, but let's think about some more strategies that you can use so that you can model that calm reaction in the moment and maybe take a deep breath yourself and say, 
huh, this is a problem. Let's see how we can fix it and kind of work through it together. One final tip for you is to do more sensory play. Getting them comfortable touching a variety of textures during play does often help the kids who are more hesitant to try foods at the least to be able to touch a food or remove it from their plate. Things like kinetic sand or taste-safe paint, Play-Doh, water play, bubble play, slime. These are all things that can help that will feel more fun and less like a chore and not have that pressure of like, uh, do I need to put this in my mouth? They might just because they tend to put non-food things more willingly in their mouth than the food that you want them to eat, but this is a really great thing for you to do. If you do have a picky eater, you probably do if you're listening to this episode, I would love for you to try Simple Steps to Picky Wins. It's a step-by-step course, gets them trying new foods, reduces stress about meals, and it costs less than a single private counseling session with a dietitian, and you get so much out of it. You get access to it forever. If you're ready to stop spinning your wheels, trying a new tip here and there without lasting success, you're going to love Picky Wins. Go to momknowsnutrition.com forward slash picky wins for more. And I'll be back here next week with another episode. I'll talk to you then. Hey, real quick, let's just take a pause from this podcast. And I've got a question to ask you. When you think about bedtime approaching, what thoughts run through your mind? Are you automatically getting a little flutter in your chest because you are anxious about how and when your child will actually fall asleep? Are you rocking, bouncing, shushing, laying, patting, singing all the things just with the hope that they will sleep for a few consecutive hours tonight? What if I told you it could be so much better? Hey, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant over on the Little Z Sleep Podcast. And I'm just touching base here with you because I need you to know just because you're a tired parent doesn't mean you have to keep being that way. In fact, we believe at Little Z's that sleep is a thing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and well-rested, and your child is so capable of sleeping through the night. If you are a parent of a child between zero to five years old, and you are ready to make sleep an actual thing in your home, I invite you to come check out the Little Z's Sleep Podcast on any podcast player or connect with us over on Instagram at Little Z Sleep, and we are excited to help you get the sleep you all need as soon as possible.